0: Well, hey there, and welcome to the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Storholt here with Scott Searles, financial advisor, president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area, but an office also down in Bradenton, Florida, if you want to meet in the warmer climate. Uh, You can find him otherwise in the Strongsville office there in the Cleveland area or online 24-7 at
1: skyboxfinancialgroup.com.
0: Hey, Scott, how are you doing this week?
1: You know what, Walter? I forgot to tell you that... uh I moved my office as of February first.
0: Oh, did you really? Oh, fantastic! I did. I did. And I'm are you actually no now in
1: Strongsville. No, I'm actually in Middleburg Heights, Ohio now. Middleburg Heights. Well, I have to update my cheat sheet. That's right. But uh, yeah, everything's been going good. Been busy with that, and you know, I'm kind of tired of uh, kind of tired of winter already.
0: That didn't take very long.
1: No, well, you know that that's that's typically the way I am. I mean, I, it's like I I like it at first, then we get a few big snows, and by the time February rolls around, I, I'm done with it.
0: So it's you've got like a uh, it sounds like you've got maybe like a 15 inch limit. Once you hit 15 inches of snow on the season, you're you're pretty much done. And you already yeah. had your one footer, and then another event, and you're like, okay, that's good. I've hit the limit. Now a third one has happened, and another one's going to be on the way soon. So yeah.
1: I can see it's that. not only that it's like i hate wearing coats too i mean oh I, okay so you, you don't know, like
0: I, the the infringing on your fashion style that happens
1: well you know it, you know as my kids tell me all the time i am pretty much a, a fashion icon so the coats are just uncomfortable they're just in in your way i don't know
0: yeah i hear you on that front the uh coats are i, I like a sweatshirt sweaters those kinds of things but coats it's just uh, i'm not a big fan of putting them constantly on off all that kind of stuff but Luckily, you can be inside the warm podcast studio day t- today to record, and not to worry about all the snow.
1: Absolutely.
0: Nice. Well, we have a really good show on the way today. In fact, we're going to be talking about The Great Resignation, how it could impact you or a loved one's retirement. We'll give you some details on that in just a second. We've also got a listener question that is on the docket from Harriet, uh, wondering about maybe having too much money in the bank. So we're going to see if that is that ever possible to have too much money sitting in the bank. Hmm, Interesting question there. And we'll have some fun getting to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. We're going to be looking forward to uh, some things, exciting things happening in 2022 in the life of Scott Searle. So all that and more straight ahead on today's show. Uh, On today's episode, we're going to be breaking down an article. So I invite you, if you want to kind of follow along, if you're not driving and listening to today's episode and you want to kind of follow along with this article, we're going to link to it in the show notes of today's episode. So it's easy for you to find. Just go into the app or if you're listening on the website, it should be listed uh, right below the audio player. Uh, Just look for description or show notes and you'll be able to find that link. So this is from uh, Forbes, and it's about the great resignation and how it could impact you or a loved one's retirement. We've got some key takeaways for you. In fact, four key takeaways to cover on today's show, and Scott can always throw in a bonus one or two if he'd like. But the Mm -hmm. idea, of course, Scott, we've all kind of heard this buzzword, the great resignation, droves of folks retiring early or taking a break from work as they change career paths. And it's been known as the Great Resignation now. And we're going to highlight some of the different ways that it impacts people preparing for retirement across different age groups in the wake of this kind of massive workplace shift that is taking place. So do you want to give us a couple of key points that this article points out, kind of what jumped out to you from it?
1: Well, you know what? I think I think that uh, you know, one of the big things about the Great Resignation is the fact that you know, I've wondered, as this whole thing has been happening, I've thought a lot about it. And that, you know, people, they're taking their breaks from work and uh, or that's different than retiring early. Right. But I I figured, how are people surviving when it when it comes to just taking a break from work? Right. You still need money coming in and you, you can only live off your savings for so long. And I think this article kind of points out some some key points there. You know, some things that maybe some people may not have thought about as far as where people might be getting their money from and some of the ramifications there. Um, and I've had clients that have come up to me and and, you know they've decided that they want to stop working and mostly retiring early. And we've ran through the numbers, and if it makes sense for them, then that's something we do. But also, a lot of people said, you know, I don't want to deal with this going in the office thing and commuting every day, they kind of get used to you know, working out of the house or or whatever. So maybe some people that this article didn't cover, which we'll talk about, is, you know, maybe even taking part-time job, kind of scaling down your commitment to work instead of totally being done with work at the same time too.
0: Fantastic. And so as we go through some of these takeaways, Scott, I want uh, you to be thinking about and and sharing with us if you've had some clients or maybe children of clients approach you about retiring early or changing careers during the pandemic, maybe how those conversations have gone. Uh, Let's weave that into the conversation uh, today as well, because I'm sure you've had a few people who maybe are part of that. Uh, big group that retired in you know late 2021 and still seems to be uh, moving jobs quitting jobs changing career paths all that kind of stuff sure um, one of the takeaways that I noticed from the article was that a lot of folks are taking a break from social security and what this article warns about is that that could cut into your long term benefits so what's the what's the danger here or kind of the red flag to be aware of
1: Well, I think this is probably the number one thing that most people don't even think about when they decide that, hey, I'm going to take a break, whether it's six months, a year, several years, whatever the case may be, is that that that's going to have an impact on your possibility to get your Social Security benefits later on, because you need to realize that. You have a 10-year minimum work history that's needed for Social Security in order to be eligible for Social Security. But what they also they do is they take their your average 35 years of earnings. So you may have a minimum of 10 years, but let's say you don't have that full 35. Let's say you've got 30 in and you decide to stop working. Well, they're still going to average 35, and they're going to have zeros showing up for those five years. So that's going to drop the amount of Social Security that you're going to receive. So that's something that a lot of people really don't consider or think about. And you know, the other factor in there too, is that if you don't go back to work, depending on what your age is, you, you may still have a long time before you're even eligible to collect that Social Security. So I, I think that's something this article points out, the fact that people aren't even aware or even think about their social. They may be aware, but they may not think much about that. And I know I had somebody come in my office that, that, you know, thought about, you know, just quit. It was a husband and wife, and the wife was going to quit. And I said, this is something that at least we need to talk about. Now a married couple's a little different because the their surviving spouse can get half of the other spouse's social security once that spouse passes away. So It's a little bit different with a married couple, but if you're single and on your own, it could really have a huge impact on what that income is going to be for you in your retirement.
0: That's a great point, Scott, and I think something that a lot of people need to kind of keep in mind and be aware of, short-term decisions can have those long-term consequences, and that'll be sort of a key thread through, I think, a lot of these takeaways. Another big takeaway in this article was that the 401k, you can't treat that like a rainy day fund. What did they mean by that?
1: Boy, you know what? This is... The thing that bothers me the most, and I've been doing this almost 30 years now, and I've told people for since the dawn of time that it's too hard to save money for retirement and you shouldn't raid that 401k with loans unless it's a super emergency. So, I'm, you know, what this article points out is that, you know, they actually gave the stat that 30% of the people that have at least $50,000 in a retirement account took a loan out of their 401k in 2020, that blew me away. I mean, the fact that people are are basically funding their their little gap from work so that they can, you know, from their retirement accounts. And and that that's scary to me because what's going to happen is, you know, obviously we already talked about the reduced social security benefits that someone may have when they get to retirement. They're rating their 401k plan. They're not going to have any savings to provide their own income in retirement and that's probably the scariest thing of all.
0: I, I don't think people want to get into a position where they have all of these different things happening and concerns and that is a big one, the four oh one K, you know, mm-hmm. kind of tapping into that, like, ooh, that's that's no fun. That's that's something you gotta be really careful of, right? Because that's a that's one that has big consequences.
1: Absolutely. And what, what you know, people probably you know, they're short sighted and they're thinking that hey, I'm just gonna, you know, stop working you know, for however many years they decide they want to stop working and I'm going to use my 401k plan. Well, the end result may be you may take a year off of working and use your 401k to fund your lifestyle, but that may add five to 10 more years of working at the back end to make that money up because you're going to lose that compounded growth. You're going to lose that that future revenue because you so you, you take that one year's worth of, of living expenses out of that 401k it could add you know several years on the back end to when you're able to retire
0: is there ever a good reason to pull money out of that 401k like like that in that early situation
1: Well, I never like doing it Walter um, because you know it's the easy way to save and everybody underestimates how much they need to actually save for retirement I mean if first-time home purchases, uh, people have utilized their 401ks for that, and everybody gets in a pickle every once in a while. And if you have to take a loan out of a 401k to take care of some medical bills or some situation, that's fine. But you need to have a plan to pay that money back and get it back into that 401k plan. You don't ever want to, to not replenish that cash. And you know the other factor, too, is if you're working and you take a loan out against that 401k plan, you're going to pay it back through your paychecks. But if you ever leave your job or you get fired, you're going to have usually 60 days that you need to get that money back in that 401k plan or else it's all going to be taxable. So there's a lot of tricky, sticky situations people can get themselves in from taking money out of their retirement accounts. And uh, very, 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 very seldom do I ever think it's a good idea.
0: We're talking about some of these key takeaways about 401ks from this Forbes article. Again, you can follow along with it by checking the show notes for the uh, description of today's show. We'll link to the article in there. Um, Takeaways about what the great resignation could do, impact your portfolio, or perhaps a loved one's. Maybe you've got somebody that. You know, you're, you might be retired already, but maybe you've got uh, a son or daughter who's thinking about maybe changing their careers. This might be a good podcast to send them to have them kind of consider some of the decisions they may be making with their funds and with their money during this time. Uh, while we're on the subject of 401ks, that was sort of takeaway number three of this article to me, Scott. Uh, the reminder to take your 401k with you. I know this is something you see in the office a lot, right? Folks who leave the 401k at an old employer. Why, why is that such a sticking point?
1: Well, you know, I think I think the number one reason why people, you know, forget to don't move their 401k plan is they kind of forget about it. You know, they they had a job years ago and they move on to a different job, just left the 401k there and, and kind of forgot about it. You know, I, I most people do generally prefer and i like the idea of of moving that money away from your old previous employer a lot of people kind of get stuck on the idea that they don't want to have any strings attached to that old employer they just want to get it out of there roll it over to maybe their new employer but also maybe into an ira but there are some pitfalls and things you need to be aware of number one uh, you need to directly roll that over into another account or else you're going to create a taxable event and have to pay taxes on that money The other thing, too, is the vesting. Uh, Depending on the situation and the company, there might be matching contributions you pay or there might be profit-sharing contributions that went into that 401k plan that may not be 100% vested. In other words, it may not all yet be your money. You may need to wait several years before all of that money is actually your money. So your balance may say a hundred thousand dollars in your 401k plan but your vested balance may only be eighty thousand so and if you leave you could be leaving that twenty thousand dollars on the table so i do nowadays though i see that most of uh these companies are going to the profit sharing contributions you're going to see it a lot not in matching contributions the with the profit sharing contributions, they're going to vest over a three year time period, maybe five. So, you know, most of the time you're going to leave something on that table the last few years of contributions. You may not get 100% of that. So, you have to be aware of that. Uh, the other thing, too, is stock options. You know, a lot of the times, you know, there's vesting in stock options you may have been awarded. And that's something else where, hey, maybe. You know, you wait a little while longer. It's just a few more months to get, you know, the vesting in there. So those are all things you need to, to consider. And, you know, the other thing, too, is a lot of the times you have to look at the fees in the 401k plans. Sometimes when if you've got a smaller balance in your 401k and you leave your employer, they start charging you fees on that account that you may not necessarily be aware of. So it's something to, to look into and explore.
0: All right. Last but not least, one more takeaway from this article again, how the Great Resignation could impact you or a loved one's retirement. And that would be that the Great Resignation seems tailor-made for early retirement dreamers. But in the article, they warn to beware. Why are they warning us to, to beware if we you know, want to retire early? And this seems kind of crafted for folks who want to do that.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, there's the number one thing I see all the time is uh, health care coverage. So if you retire previous age 65, you're going to have to provide and, and pay for private insurance. So that may be going through the, the ADA exchange and, and getting kind of the Obamacare insurance also, you know, or paying for some private insurance. So there's going to be a cost of there, you know, $500,000 a month, depending on your situation and what kind of plan you get, you're going to have to factor that in to that early retirement until you get to age 65. Now, if your spouse is working, maybe you can go on their plan or you already are, that's a different situation. The other thing too, is if you're really retiring early, previous, you know, before age 59 and a half, you can't get access to any retirement funds. So you're going to need to you know, make sure you have other funds available so that you don't have a, a 10% early withdrawal penalty on any of your retirement funds. So there's there's kind of that income gap there. So you have to make sure you've got funds available to be able to fund your lifestyle and do it in a smart way at the same time too because you don't want to be taking a lot of money out of retirement accounts, paying 10% penalties and taxes. That's just going to erode your long-time future uh, income stream. So you just not got to be very smart and aware about it. If you're retiring early, It's doable. I show people how to do it all the time, but you just need to make sure you got that income gap taken care of. You know when the best time to take Social Security is and that health insurance is taken care of because that's a biggie.
0: Very good. Lots of things to consider. And uh, keep in mind, if you're trying to retire early, got to keep all of this in front of you as you make these decisions. So yeah, if you're thinking about uh, participating in the Great Resignation, changing careers, anything like that, Scott, would you advise that folks before they change careers, if they're working with you to, to reach out, talk about the financial implications of that, make sure it's executed well beforehand, or can they go ahead and make changes to their career and their Uh, their job situation, then worry about these uh, details afterward. What's the best mode of operation there?
1: Well, you know, the the reality is this is a huge decision. So, you know, most of the time I'm going to be included and and clients are going to call me and let me know what they're thinking about. And I think that's the most prudent because that's that way we can talk about from kind of a a third party perspective. Somebody that's familiar with and knows these things can kind of, of get a little different of a view on it, maybe play devil's advocate in certain situations. Uh, I do that a lot and say, well, what about if this happens? If this happens, you know, how are you going to handle this? We need to have a plan for this. So, you know, just I think everybody should meet with a financial advisor when they decide to do something like that, because there certainly could be long term implications that they may not even be aware of.
0: Very good. Well, if you want to talk these kinds of things out with Scott Searles, you can certainly do that. The easiest way to schedule a time to visit and chat is to go to talktoscott.com, which, again, we'll link in the description of today's show, talktoscott.com. Or you can call if you prefer that way, 888-742-0111 is the number, 888-742-0111. Uh, well, thank you, Scott, for helping us walk through this article. Again, we've linked to this in the show notes if you want to check it out, read along. Uh, but there's Scott's sort of analysis of some of the takeaways from that article. Hopefully that's helpful to you. All right, coming up next, it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. All right, Scott, time for our fun part of the show, asking you sort of random off the wall questions. This one's not so much random, but looking ahead, is there anything exciting or new happening on the horizon in your life in 2022?
1: Well, 2022, I plan on on actually having it be a pretty big year here, Walter. We've already moved the office. That was kind of step one. Sort of
0: like banner way to begin. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Kind of getting that out of the way the beginning of the year. But, uh, I've got two of my daughters will be graduating college. Knock on wood, uh, this year. So I'm going to get a pay raise. I'll have uh, that's going to feel pretty good. Oh yeah, between their rent and living expenses and all that stuff, we're getting you know out. now they're both moving home. So you know I still have to pay some things, but the tuition, the rent, and all that other stuff will uh, I won't have to worry about. So uh, how how, I'm how long
0: before you start charging rent though at the house?
1: Well, so one of one of them is going to is going to get her master's uh, at Ohio State, and it's actually an online program, so she'll have to go down there every once in a while. But you know, you know, Walter, honestly, I, I'm way too a softy. I'll probably never charge. <laughs> I I can be all tough, and you know, but the reality is, I never charge them rent.
0: <laughs> if 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 I guess they're still in pursuit of of the degree in the education you're you're cutting some slack then
1: huh Yeah I'm not going to tolerate a, you know somebody you know them staying at home till they're 38 years old and and you know not even trying to work but that none of my daughters are like that i mean one she's graduating with a degree in nursing she pretty much already has a job and then my other daughter will, is going to get her master so yeah they're not slackers so i don't have to nice. worry much about that
0: you need give them a sliding scale of like all right if you go past the 1 year mark of living here your rent becomes this and then if it's 2 years it just keeps going up every year they stay longer that'll be the the motivation if it's ever needed, but it sounds like it's not.
1: That's right. Now I just have to worry about them to tell them to keep reminding them to turn the lights off when they leave room. That's right. Yeah, you're back, you're, to, you're, you're back to
0: save me a penny, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's fantastic. I love it. Well, that's a lot of good things on the horizon, and yes. a a um, Cleveland Browns championship run later in the year,
1: right? Next season. But... But you know, it's funny, I said that last year too. Seems I've been saying that for the last twenty years. Uh but uh yeah, knock out wood. We'll see how Baker does. Yeah. Maybe this, he'll be this, all
0: healed up by by next year.
1: This is his uh is this is his, I think his last chance.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. That's for sure. Well, we don't have to worry about that for a few months, so no big deal. That's right. Uh well there you go. Getting to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. Lots of good things to look forward to in twenty twenty two. All right, let's answer one of your questions. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. This question comes to us from Harriet. Harriet says, my brother tells me that I have way too much money in the bank. And he's probably right. It's about 150k now. But I just like knowing that it's there in case I have an
1: emergency. Is that really so bad? Well, Harriet, you, you have the same concern that 90% of people that come into my office ask me that same question there's nothing wrong with accumulating cash in the the bank. And everybody has a different level of cash that they feel comfortable with. I mean, the golden rule is three to six months of living expenses. That's kind of the golden rule, but everybody's a little bit different. So what I do when I talk to people is you have to kind of know the pros and cons of that too, is that maybe you don't need 150. Maybe you could just keep 50 in the bank, But then you get some of that other money working a little bit better for you, not taking a bunch of huge risks or anything, but just at least, you know, the banks are collecting dust right now. I mean, you're just not going to earn much money. And then with inflation going up, you're just losing purchasing power in the bank because that money in the bank is just not growing as fast as, you know, the cost of groceries going up or your gas going up, your heating bills going up. So you're losing that purchasing power. It's eroding your cash. So you really do need to get some of that to work for you. Uh, I think meeting with a financial advisor can kind of work with you a little bit, get a number that you're comfortable with and get some of that other money working for you without taking a tremendous amount of risk. It doesn't mean when you invest your hundred thousand dollars, you got to put it all in stocks and have a chance to lose half your money in a week. Not at all. You can get it in some other types of investments that are going to give you a little bit better return. Yes, you'll take a little bit more risk in the bank. But you know, there's always that risk and, and return trade-off. So I think just meeting with somebody, finding out where your comfort level is, and then knowing how having $150,000 in the bank is going to impact your future later on might help you to, to get kind of a solution that works best for you.
0: Great question, Harriet. Thank you for sending that one in to us. If anybody would like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can do that online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. However, you can also have a private one-on-one conversation with Scott, talk about your financial plan and get a review of your situation and how to best prepare for your retirement future by going to talktoscott.com, scheduling a time to meet right from your smartphone or computer, very easy to do, talktoscott.com, or you can call 888-742-0111. And we've put the contact info in the description of today's show, so it's easy for you to find. Well, Scott, that'll wrap things up for this edition of the podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us, and we'll look forward to another episode soon.
1: I enjoy it every time. Go Cavs. Appreciate the help. That's Scott
0: Searles. I'm Walter Searholt. We'll talk to you next time, right back here on The Retirement Toolbox.